Well, guys, listen up. Uh, people were preaching at Liberty Center before I even got to get up here. Isn't that pretty good stuff? It's pretty good when you get those answers on the videos. Listen, it's great to be with you today. Uh, what a wonderful day it is. Uh, there's some big stuff happening today, isn't there? Is there, is there anyone excited about maybe a football game? Do you have any Bengals fans in the room? All right. Yeah, listen, like, you know, lots of people around this city, around this state, around the country are going to be watching a football game today, and, and I don't want to belittle that because it it's really awesome. And we want the Bengals to do well, who day, all that stuff. But I want you to know that there are people all over the globe, all over the world, that have gathered this morning to praise the Almighty God. There are churches meeting under trees in, in the savannah of Africa. There are churches hidden away in countries where they're not allowed to worship. There are churches all over the place. And today we come to worship the Almighty God. There is nothing bigger today that we're going to do than this. And praise the Lord. It's a, it's a great day. <clears throat> So today we're going to continue our Beatitudes series. You notice it says Beatitudes. The Beatitudes are the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. It's Jesus' most famous sermon in Matthew chapter 5. And the Beatitudes are kind of the beginning of it. And, and the reason we have it grouped like this is because this isn't just a list of things to do. This is who we're supposed to be as followers of Christ. As followers of Christ, we are being transformed into the image of God. And this list of Beatitudes that we're going through is, is a list of what that looks like. Uh, I just want to say it's, it's countercultural. It's not uh, what you would hear anywhere else. It's, it's, it's not what our, our culture values. But this is what uh, the kingdom looks like. And, and we often talk about the upside down kingdom, that, that Jesus' way and Jesus' kingdom is upside down from what we're used to. I, I think that's probably the wrong way to say it. I think we're living in the upside down kingdom because this is the way that it's supposed to be. And so we're working through the Beatitudes. We've done the first four, and, and there's kind of a, a, a shift here. Uh, the first four Beatitudes really focus on our relationship with God and who we are. And then in the second four or five, depending on how you group them, who you listen to, it, we're, we're going to do it in four. Um, but those have more to do with the way that we relate with each other. The reason for that is if we get our relationship with God right, it's going to affect our relationship with each other. You can't be right in your relationship with God and not have that change the way that you live with each other. And so why don't you stand with me? I know that you've stood some, but we're going to stand and honor God's word. And, and listen, the most important thing you're going to hear today is God's word. It's nothing I can say. It's God's word. And, and we believe that the word is living. And we believe that God wants to speak to us through this word. And so we're going to read Matthew chapter 5, verse 3 through 7. It says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. And blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. You can have a seat. So this, this fifth beatitude moves into the way we treat others. Let's just work through them really quick. Blessed are the poor in spirit. That's the understanding that we have nothing in ourselves that can save us. Without the grace, you know, communion that we just took and, and the, the Jesus' death and resurrection, without that, we could not be saved. None of us possess what it takes to save ourselves. 
All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And the only way that we can experience salvation and life is through Jesus Christ. And so blessed are the poor in spirit, the people that understand that, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The second one is blessed are those who mourn. When we, when we realize our emptiness, when we realize our, our poverty of spirit, then it causes us to mourn. Not that we walk around as like miserable people, but that we cry out to God because we're empty on our own and we cry out and we mourn. And it says, blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. What a, what a wonderful promise. God says, if you mourn, if you are really hurting you will be comforted. The third one, blessed are the meek. That When all that happens in us, we become meek. We become surrendered to live for his purposes, for they will inherit the earth. And, and then the next step is that we, we have this hunger inside of us. Because we're empty, we can't save ourselves. We cry out to God, and we start to hunger for his grace and his mercy. And so blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. These are great, great promises. When, when we cry out, the promise is that God has exactly what we need every step of the way. Today, we're moving into blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. That, that word blessed, we've talked about this over the last four weeks. The word blessed could be better translated, congratulations to those who are merciful. Way to go. You are blessed if you are merciful, for you will be shown mercy. We don't live in a merciful world, do we? There's, there's not a lot of mercy around us. Maybe we see pockets of it. Maybe we see places where people are merciful or there's forgiveness, but, but, but we live in a world that doesn't really value mercy. It's countercultural. Even in Jesus' day when he's teaching this, mercy was not something that they valued. They valued strength. They valued getting what was yours. And, and so our world is like this. Uh, I was thinking about just this last week and what's in the news. Uh, you know, there's a big football game today, the Bengals and the Chiefs, and some people have said some things that have made other people mad. I don't know if you heard uh, Arrowhead Stadium where the Chiefs play. They're calling it Burrowhead because Joe Burrow's awesome. And so there's like, people are all up in arms about this and there's not a feeling of like mercy. There's this feeling of like, we gotta get them. We gotta get even. How many of you have seen The Karate Kid? Anyone? All right, famous movie, The Karate Kid. And at the end of it, uh, Daniel's hurt and he's in this final fight with Cobra Kai and he's, he's standing there and he's limping around because his legs hurt. And, and the other guy, you know, is struggling to beat him and his coach calls him over and he says, sweep the leg no mercy. Our, our world doesn't value mercy. Well, when you have the opportunity, our world says, take it, get even, take revenge, take what's yours. Jesus says, blessed are the merciful. I was a youth pastor for four years in South Carolina. And, and two quick stories, I probably told them to you before, but um, my students, I, they just didn't, like mercy was not in their vocabulary. And one of my students, he would get in fights at school and he was, he was getting you know, kicked out of school. And, and I said, man, what's the deal? Why do you keep fighting? And he said, well, they keep talking about my mom. If you talk about my mom, I'm gonna fight you. I've got to. And I said, no, you don't. You don't have to, it's not worth it. 
Another kid, I, I know I've told you this story before, but there was a 17-year-old kid and he was interested in this, this guy's daughter and the guy was like six foot five, military guy. I mean, strong as could be. And this, this kid that was 17, he was not a tough kid. He was, I mean, I don't know how to describe it other than to say he was not tough. And, and one night the father had, had kind of told him to leave his daughter alone and he comes up to me, we're at church and they're both there and he comes up to me and he says, Pastor Alex, I'm gonna have to fight him. And I said, no, that is the dumbest thing you could do. He's going to kill you. Like literally, we, we don't value mercy, do we? In fact, I was listening to a podcast earlier this week, and they were talking about the way that, that, the, that our culture sends us messages that we don't even realize. Have you ever watched a movie and, and just wanted the bad guy to get it? Yes! Yeah, there it is. All right. <laughs> Enthusiastically. Yeah, I mean, really, we can get to a place where, like, in movies, they're pretty good at making us feel a way that, and, and maybe if there's a movie where the bad guy doesn't get it, we kind of feel cheated, right? Because things aren't right. They deserved that, not mercy. Jesus says, blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. So here's what I want to do today. I want to talk about four reasons that we should be merciful in the way that we live Four reasons that we will be if we are followers of Christ. And I want you to hear this today. My, my prayer is this. My prayer is that God would transform us to be a people that are merciful. I'm just going to guess because I know myself. I, I know a lot of other people. I'm just going to guess that there's a lot of us in here today that struggle being merciful. Jesus says, blessed are the merciful. It's what we're called to. And so, so we're going to work through these four reasons to be merciful. The first one is this. It's because we have first experienced his mercy. We experienced, we received the mercy of God. In fact, we celebrate that in communion that Jesus, God loved you so much that he gave his one and only son that whosoever would believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. This is mercy in every single one of us benefits from the, the gift of mercy from God through Jesus Christ. Listen, we can only be a people of mercy because God first showed us mercy. Sure, you can, you can forgive someone in an instant, you can be merciful in a moment, but if we, we're talking about a state of being, we're not talking about just a one time, like you should do this once, we're talking about being transformed into merciful people. And the way we do that, the reason we do that is because he has shown us mercy. Is there anyone in here that would just say, God has been so merciful to you? Anyone, would you just raise your hand and say amen? God is good. I, listen, I, I hope you don't think I'm perfect because I'm not. And God's mercy has been on display over and over and over again in my life. I want to use some scripture here. Um, I don't usually use this much in here, but, but I'm going to use some scripture from throughout the Bible because I want you to hear that this is a consistent thing throughout the Bible, that, that we are supposed to be merciful to others. So uh, the, the first thing I want to talk about is in Matthew 18, later on in this, in this same gospel. In Matthew 18, Peter comes to Jesus and he says, Jesus, how many times do I have to be merciful or do I have to forgive someone else? And he's feeling pretty good about himself. And he says, should I forgive him, I mean, up to seven times? 
Does that seem like a lot to forgive someone? He says, should I, he's feeling good about himself. He's he's throwing out this big number. Jesus, should I forgive people up to seven times? And Jesus just blows it out of the water. He says, no, you should forgive them depending on what translation you read, either 77 times or 70 times seven times. Peter's feeling good about himself. He's feeling like, hey, I'm, I'm gonna really, you know, be... I'm gonna be forgiving. And Jesus says, no, it's so much more than that. Listen, we forgive because we've been forgiven. Let me ask you a question. How many times has God been merciful with you? How many times has God forgiven you when you've done wrong? Scripture tells us all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And I'm, if you're anything like me, like the, it's way more than 77 It's probably way more than 70 times seven. Jesus says, forgive because you are forgiven. Colossians chapter three, verse 12 says, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. I want you to hear this today before we move on. You are dearly loved by God. As God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, with kindness, with humility, with gentleness, with patience, and bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Listen to this next line. Forgive as God forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Forgive as God forgave you. So I forgive you this once, but that's all you're getting. That's not how God treats me. God has forgiven me over and over and over again. We forgive because we are forgiven. Now, now I want to take a second and talk about something. This, this beatitude, blessed are those who are merciful for they will receive mercy. It seems like a cause and effect thing. And I just want us to get this really clear. God's mercy is freely given us. There is nothing you can do, just as we talked about in poor spirit, there is nothing you can do to earn God's mercy in your life. It's already done. The price has already been paid. But we are called to be people of mercy. And and scripture is very clear that you can't earn God's mercy, but you sure can lose it. That might not be a popular message, but I want you to hear that today. Jesus says many times, you're not going to earn because Jesus paid the price before you ever deserved it. There's nothing you can do to make yourself worthy of salvation. It's freely given, but you sure can lose the mercy of God if you don't live mercifully. If you don't believe me, once again in Matthew 18, Jesus tells the story of the unmerciful servant. And the story goes that this guy goes before the master and he owes him tons of money and and the master is getting ready to sell his whole family and, and get rid of him. And the guy pleads and he begs and he says, please, please forgive my debt. And the master has mercy and forgives it. And the guy walks out and another guy comes up to him that owes him just a little bit of money. And he says, give me my money. And and the guy says, please forgive me. And the guy says, absolutely not. You owe me. And Jesus, then, then the master finds out 
and takes away the mercy and throws them into bondage. And Jesus finishes that story by saying, if you are not merciful with others, you will not be judged with mercy. Listen, we need God's mercy in judgment. So I want you to hear this. You can't earn it, but you sure can lose it. Jesus has offered us mercy and we are to be merciful. So that leads us to the second thing. We can either accept his mercy and live as merciful people, or we can reject his mercy by living a different way, by saying, no, I don't choose that way. I'm gonna do it my way. And, and Jesus and the scriptures are very clear that we have to be people of mercy. That leads us to our second thing, and that's this. The second reason is that it's a natural product of our spiritual growth and formation. So number one, we show mercy because he first showed us mercy, but number two, it's a natural growth within us when we follow Christ. So I don't know what you believe about um, salvation. I don't, I don't know, you know what you've experienced, but I want you to hear this. I think sometimes in the church, we pretend that salvation is about praying a prayer or about like a momentary thing, like I made this decision, or I call myself, there are people all over our world that call themselves Christians. But listen to me, listen to me. Being a follower of Christ, being saved means making Jesus your Lord. Do you know what that means? That means I surrender my will and I live for his will. He will, he becomes the Lord of my life. And, and so when that happens, transformation happens within us. When we hunger and thirst, when we surrender all we have, Jesus becomes our Lord and transforms us. Romans chapter 12 says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This is worship. Be transformed. If you will surrender what you have and make Jesus Lord in your life, he will transform your mind. So before, when it's all about me, when I'm the Lord of my life, I'm not merciful with others because it's all about protecting myself. It's all about getting what I can get. But when we surrender and Jesus becomes Lord of our life, all of a sudden he changes our mind to understand that we can let him handle all that. And we become merciful. See, God produces mercy in us. This is kind of a thought I want you to get today. What God does for us, God then produces in us. God's love for you, given to you freely, then as he is your Lord, will produce love in you. God's mercy, God's grace will produce mercy and grace in you. So we are being transformed. So number one, he gave us mercy. Number two, if he's our Lord, he's transforming us to be more like him in his image. And that will make us merciful. The third reason, and you're, you're gonna like this one, it's what's best for us. Scripture is really clear that living mercifully is what is best for your life. The world tells you you've got to get even. You, you've got to take what's yours. Don't forgive. Don't be merciful. Get what you deserve. Jesus says the best life you can live is a life of mercy. 
See, see, when we show mercy, we actually enjoy life more. Dale, can you come on up here for a second? So last year we had men's advance. Uh, men's advance is coming up here March 4th. You heard it before service. John Kittness coming. But last year we had a guy named Ron Rand coming. And something that's stuck in my head since he spoke was, was this example that he gave. He said, when you don't show mercy, when you don't forgive, when someone wrongs you, so what did you do to wrong me? Have you been thinking about this since uh, first service? I said something terrible about you. He said something terrible about me. Can you believe that? <laughs> this guy. And if I'm not willing to forgive him, it's as if he has chained to me. And if I'm not willing to forgive and show mercy, this is what life is like for me. Anywhere I go, I'm dragging this guy with me because, <laughs> not that close, Dale. Come on, <laughs> all right, all right. Now, hold on, stay here. No, I'm, not, I'm not releasing you yet. Even though you just did that, I'm not releasing you yet. <laughs> And it's as if we are changed. See, when we're not merciful, when we're not forgiving, we carry around with us the brokenness and the pain of what's happened to us. You know what Jesus wants for us? To break free. Can you let go of that? Thank you. <laughs> to break free, and then I'm free, and I can move over here, and he's there, and I don't have to worry about it, right? Thank you, Dale. Can you guys give Dale a hand? When we don't live mercifully, we live in bondage. We live, I, I've told you this story before, but when I was like 27 years old, I was sitting in, in my, maybe 26, I was sitting in my condo in South Carolina, and, um, and it had been a long time since high school, but my basketball coach in high school, I, I didn't feel like gave me a fair shake, and he benched me about halfway through my senior season and, and kind of changed all my plans. Now, God had good plans, but but it changed everything. And I gotta be honest with you, I struggled to let that go. And I remember very vividly, there was a night when I was like eight years later where I'm sitting in the middle of the night in my condo and I can't sleep because I'm so upset about what happened to me eight years earlier with my coach. And I got online and I Googled to see if he was still the coach and I thought about sending him a message. But you know what? I was dragging around behind me all along this hurt that I didn't have to drag. Jesus says, blessed are the merciful because God has shown you mercy, because I'm being transformed into his image and because it's what's best for me. I am free, I am released. Proverbs eleven seventeen. you're gonna see the NIV version, um, but the King James version says, the merciful man does good for his own soul, but he who is cruel troubles his own flesh. Scripture is clear. If you are not living mercifully, you're missing God's best in your life. We live mercifully because it's, it's what God has for us. The best way to live in God's blessing is to be merciful. And that leads us to the fourth reason. And that's this, that it's our ministry. It's what we're called to. We are called to be ministers of God's grace and God's mercy. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says, Therefore, if any was in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone and the new is here. All this is from God, listen to this, who reconciled us to himself through Christ because he first loved us, and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to who? Us, 
Let me do that again. He's, he's committed to who? Us. Us, the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though he were making his appeal through us. So the fourth reason that we are called to be merciful is because when God changes us, when God is merciful, when God changes us, then God sends us out to be his ministers. Listen, like sermons are fine, music's good. You know the best sermons that are preached? When God's love and grace and mercy are lived out in his people. Did you know that you are called? You didn't know you were coming and getting a job today, did you? You've got a job today, and that's to preach the gospel. How many of you want to get up here and preach the gospel? Anyone? I'm taking notes. Okay, we got a few. All right. Get a few vacation weeks. I like it. <laughs> Listen, you are called to preach the gospel. Maybe it's up on a stage, but every one of us is called to preach the gospel in the way we live, in the way we treat each other. We're called to live in love and grace and mercy. We are called to be ministers, every single one of you. I know you guys call me pastor or whatever you call me. Listen, we are all ministers of the gospel. And it's meant to happen through the way that we live. The way we treat others represents the kingdom. And it's a shame when God's people who have been given mercy and who are supposed to be transformed by his mercy, it's a shame when we show the world something else. It, it makes for a lot of brokenness when the church hurts and wrongs people because we're not loving and being merciful. We are called to show mercy. Showing mercy is, is more than just our relationships with each other. It's about our relationship with God and God's love for others. So I want you to think about this. Maybe somebody's wronged you. Maybe something happened in your life. There's two ways you can look at that. One is from your perspective. Hey, they wronged me. Hey, I need this fixed. Hey, I'm the one that's hurt here. The other is to be transformed and look at things from God's perspective. Have you ever struggled with someone and, and then... Ask God what God thinks of that person. Man, does that, is that convicting for anyone? It is for me. What does God want for the people that have wronged us? See, we, in our own power, in our own selfishness, we want to get even. We want, we want revenge. Let me tell you what God wants for the people that have hurt you. God wants reconciliation and mercy and forgiveness. We are called to be agents of reconciliation. How can we choose not to forgive somebody that God, the almighty God, chooses to love and forgive? We are called to be merciful. Number one, because we've received it. Number two, because he's transforming us. We are being transformed into his image. Number three, because it's what is best for us. It's the life that God has for us. And number four, it's because he's making his appeal to the world around us through us. There's messages every day that show something other than God's love and grace and mercy. You don't have to go far. God's plan is to use his holy and loved and people that have experienced his mercy 
to go show the world. So Jesus says, blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Listen, I don't know what you're carrying with you. Uh, worship team, you can come on up. I don't know what you're carrying with you today. Um, hope, hopefully you're not carrying, hopefully you're not dragging around anything behind you. But listen, if you're carrying something, maybe there's just something in your heart that, that you're struggling. You've been holding on to something for a long time. Listen, scripture is clear and Jesus says to us today, congratulations, you are blessed if you're merciful. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna respond, we're gonna sing a song um, that says, Jesus, bring new wine out of me. And, and really what we're gonna do is we're just gonna, we're gonna come before God's throne, each and every one of us. You don't have to do anything special. You can do this however. Um, I, I would invite all of you to pray. If anyone wants to come and pray in an altar or pray at your seat or stand up, whatever you wanna do, here's what I want us to do. I want us to ask, Lord, am I living mercifully? Is there anything I need to let go of and forgive? Help me to be transformed by you and to be a minister of your mercy. Father, I pray that you would speak to us now as we sing this last song. I pray that each and every one of us would take down any walls, any barriers, and that we would just come before you completely genuine, completely open, completely humble. And Lord, if there's anything you need to deal with in our hearts today, I pray that you would speak to us and I pray that we would release things to you. We want you to be our Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name.